welcome to the first episode of Fandom Adder, um, <laughs> a podcast where Siang and I are going to talk about um, fan fiction. Woo, hello. Um, yeah, so really this is actually just an excuse for us both to talk about our secret shame that should not be a shame. <laughs> fan fiction. Um, but I guess um, first it will be interesting to talk about how we bonded over fan fiction because actually despite the fact that we went to the same university at the same time and kind of had a lot of mutual friends we didn't actually know each other very well yeah until we left and then <laughs> somehow <laughs> one fateful day um i think i was at work on my work computer <laughs> just on twitter and i saw that was it like our mutual friend um, I think it was some, someone like was posting about fan fiction and then I think I responded saying um, one of the fandoms that I was into was um, hockey RPF fandom <laughs> and my eyes seized upon this and I was like wow I must befriend Miriam so that we can talk about fan fiction um, so I was just really enthusiastic um, we were talking on Twitter. Then we went to DMs and I was like, Miriam, let's do a fan fiction exchange. Yeah, so we found like our 10 favourite fan fics. Um, one fic per fandom, so you can do multiple. Yeah. And um, send them. We also talked a lot about white collar. Yeah, we did. <laughs> because we're both, um, what is it? We love the cops. Um, we love the CIA. <laughs> And we love the FBI in particular. And but anyone who's listening who doesn't know us, which I think is highly unlikely, yeah. but um, we are actually anti-cop and anti-FBI. We're actually communists um, and we hate the police. <laughs> but we did have a long conversation about how the characters in White Collar could become communists. Or yeah, what I you would have think. this theory about how um, Peter gets radicalised. Yeah, in my opinion, if I were to suddenly be in control of White Collar, which is unlikely <laughs> considering, you know, I'm me and also the show's over, um, <laughs> that Peter Burke, because they have this whole thing in White Collar. I wa- There's no good video essays about White Collar. I watched one and it was really bad because it was all about how um, Neil, this is the main, the main character who... For those of you who don't know, <laughs> is a former con man who has been allowed out of prison on work release to work with Peter Burke, an FBI agent who's the only agent who could catch him in the white collar <laughs> division. So, um, firstly, you know, I think it is fine to arrest CEOs. <laughs> <laughs> but secondly, there's a whole thing where they're like, oh, Neil's whole character is like, will he be good and will he be, or will he be bad? Will he be con, be a con, or will he be a man? Where the law is equated with like goodness, and then like breaking the law is equated with like moral failure. But it kind of gets a bit weird because in like season four or something, like Peter get spoilers, but you're probably not going to watch this if you've not watched it already. <laughs> Peter gets arrested. There's, there's like basically the whole series there's so many like fuck ups and it's so clear that even if you're not a communist the law is corrupt even if you don't actually fully believe in pr- prison ab- abolition which Ooh. you should the law is corrupt and like prison is not the answer 
uh, and Peter goes to prison and for like he's framed for it and Neil does stuff to get him out like breaks the law to get him out and then Peter's like really mad at him about this and I just think that this was so stupid because they were trying to keep up the like edifice of law good con bad when actually like where it's pointing to if you know are reasonable and a communist is that Peter should get radicalized and realize that you know, slow, slowly begin to realise that the system is unjust and become a renegade and finally <laughs> disavow the whole FBI and, like, start a militia. And because, unlike Neil, who has never believed in the law, but also doesn't believe in systemic change, Peter <laughs> believes in systems and yet has been betrayed by one. And so, in my opinion, is the real potential Marxist-Leninist <laughs> of my colour. I would really like to read that fan fiction. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but anyway, we went really off topic. <laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about white collar a lot. Um, and obviously hockey fan fiction. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I read a lot of. Me too. Many, many words of. I'm currently wearing um, my Danny Briere um, <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers t-shirt. Um, but yeah, and then uh, we did a fan fiction exchange, but my main motivation for that actually was because I'm just always trying to get people to read works of fan fiction that I have read <laughs> so that they'll talk to me about it. But no Literally one ever does. Yeah. So I was like, what a great The amount of times I've sent people fan fictions like, you should read this, and they just don't. I know. It's yeah. so sad. Um, but yeah, so we did that. Um, and, you know, then we began to speak about more things. Fandom in general. Our time on Tumblr. <laughs> Great, many great shared experiences, despite <laughs> again the fact that we didn't know each other, but we all we followed the same people on Tumblr. Yeah, so, I think I like one day I was just like, "Do you remember X person?" And you're like, "Yeah, followed them." <laughs> um, and as it turned out, we both like know a weirdly large amount about the same strangers who we followed on Tumblr, <laughs> and now keep up with their lives post Tumblr. <laughs> Which is really nice because, you know, some of them have found beautiful love and happy endings. Um, But, yeah, and then, you know, we started to talk about things like communism, (laughs) politics, but also... We levelled up. We did level up, but we continued at the level of fandom also. Yeah, I think the the reason that I really wanted to do this is because Siang wrote an article um, for the organisation of transformative works Mm -hmm. um, about fan fiction and then for like an hour afterwards I just voice noted Yang about how much I love fan fiction <laughs> yeah um and it was good like kind of similar reasons in that I think about it all the time actually <laughs> and I actually still yeah. read fan fiction like basically every day it's not a bit embarrassing it's a bit embarrassing oh well uh basically every day just like before bed on my phone mostly stuff that I've read before um but I never really talk about it, except with Miriam now, um, because, I don't know, there's not a lot of people that I know who were interested in it, or not a, not a lot of people I know who were into it and still want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I'm always, like, trying to talk to, like, my girlfriend, Holly, um, shout out to Holly, about fan fiction <laughs> or like fan, fan fictions that I'm reading like times in fandom like different things and she's like cool 
she's like interested, you know, but she doesn't, she's not, she's also not because she doesn't know what I'm talking about. I feel like we also overlapped a lot in terms of fandom. Like we did the other day when I think that when the the seedless podcast was really planted was when I just um, posted about my top four albums on Twitter and included <laughs> Follyada, greatest album of all time. <laughs> and then that evening I was just sitting in bed listening to <laughs> to it. And talking to Siang about Bandom, another um, another great time. fandom that I read many fan fictions for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was just like one of those moments where I was like, I just knew that Siang would also like understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> the I, way I was yeah. feeling. And I think also like the way I think about it, it's not really as like a separate thing. And I think you were saying this as well. It's more like a time in our lives. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of also reflected in the way that we both. We're interested in the same, like, really random fandoms. Not necessarily because, like, I have to be honest that sometimes I just, like, watch things so I could, like, read the fanfiction. <laughs> or, like, got into stuff, like, through the fanfiction. Like, it wasn't necessarily driven by my own separate interest in some media, but because of, like, the, like, fandom culture in the which... zeitgeist. Yeah, the zeitgeist. Or the fandom culture in which, like, I was kind of immersed, but not really. I was just, like, a bit of a lurker. Um, but I would like follow like people who had perspectives or like content or like ways of like doing stuff or talking about things that I really liked or found interesting and as they moved from like place to place I would just follow them yeah I remember that was that thing of like when you'd read a fan fiction and you click on the author and you look at their fan fictions and be like yeah yeah it's it's good it's good um I really hate it when people write like a really long like amazing fan fiction you click on their profile and they've just written nothing else like I know who are you a mystery um to deliver us with one gift but no others so I guess in relation to that so this is something that I thought about loads because I had to write this um well I didn't have to I was very honoured to write this guest <laughs> post for the uh, Organisation for Transformative Works blog, which I didn't know loads about before they emailed me, but uh, they like run Archive of Our Own, so they gave me my whole life. Um, but one of the questions was like, how did you like start to be involved in fandom? Um, and that made me actually think about, about it quite a lot because, again, like, the journey to it was quite uh it was more about the journey the journey through the fandom rather than Mm. about any like particular practices i don't know if you would like agree with that you mean like wait explain what you mean again as in like i guess like what i was saying before in terms of like what it meant slash still does mean it was less about like the specific things that it was or like the specific uh content although it is obviously about the content but about I think yeah go on yeah I feel like slightly different about it Mm. in that like I do think that I read a lot of fan fiction for things that I was super into like it was kind of like I would watch something like I remember really clearly watching the Les Mis film yeah and then I was like wow I really like this I'm like really into it and then (laughs) Like, just diving into... (laughs) A classic. (laughs) Um, But I think, like, now looking back, like, the things that I was into... Like, because there were fandoms that I wasn't really part of but had 
like had engaged with the content if that makes yeah, sense yeah but like I think the the one the ones that like attracted me like all have like similar themes <laughs> in like yeah tropes <laughs> um and like dynamics that yeah. I was into um yeah Fair. I think yeah that is that's also true um but I think also I guess just thinking about like what we mean when we're talking about fandom so because uh, I'm like a massive nerd like the whole reason why I did that uh, <laughs> guest post is because I had a column in the student newspaper like whatever two terms ago last term <laughs> and after like week two I had like no ideas so I just decided that I was gonna write like a one like 2,000 word <laughs> essay <laughs> about um, fandom and capitalism um, because you know the other part of my identity is that I'm communist Um, (laughs) but um and I think it's kind of interesting because a lot of the ways that fandom is framed now is in terms of being progressive or about people being able to like uh take control more control Mm. over the media that they have or to uh I guess like as well a lot of the reasons why like we were interested in fanfiction is because you know there's a lot of like gay shit (laughs) (laughs) like things that explore like experiences of like you know thinking about your sexuality or like gender or like certain power dynamics like structural things that just are not explored very well in conventional media um which is made for profit um (laughs) um and like part of that is like also again the demographic of who gets interested in it is like Mm. tends to be like women especially like teenage girls also slightly older Mm. women people who (laughs) (laughs) women people who like are lgbt um and there's i think i guess like a tendency to then immediately think about it as something that is progressive um but as i guess i like wrote then i still think that um i found it to be a really like productive useful like vital uh place for thinking about a lot of things but then mm. also like looking back now that i'm a communist and i'm also 22 <laughs> <laughs> and then looking at the landscape of um the culture industry as it exists now and how uh certain like more disparate or fandom-like ways of being invested in things have become more like normal um Mm. there's also a degree to which that kind of investment is again like a part of uh the culture industry under neoliberalism late capitalism you know all those (laughs) things um and like a lot and it would also be like at the root of a lot of like the arguments or like problems that people like the big things in like the show like (laughs) fandom oh my god all these other fandoms like the big questions about like queer baiting and like Mm. you were always like had like this oppositional relationship with the the canon yeah with the canon um yes anyway that was like a bit deep (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i don't know why do we love it why do we still love it i feel like something that just occurred to me as you were talking was like that fan 
fan fiction and fandom discourse around it did actually introduce me to a lot of or like it showed me that you can like revise your thinking on things because mm. Sherlock fandom for example like I was into it <laughs> sorry to say <laughs> I hate to say it um but like I, I watched like the first two seasons I read loads of fan fiction and then like something started to change I think probably around the time that um elementary came out which mm. Siang and I've also talked about at length we have. um <laughs> Um, was that people started, first of all, people started um, getting angry that elementary was coming out and that they oh, made lots yeah. of women and oh blah, God, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think when it came out, I think people started to realise that actually, like, a lot of the stuff that went on in Sherlock or, like, in the TV show was, one, it was poorly written, but two, like, there were actually a lot of, like, problematic things about yeah. it as the TV show. Yeah. But I think, I remember reading these takes on it and I think it was, like, probably one of the first times that I've, like, seen an opinion in myself like change or like show me that there's like fluidity in like what you believe and what you enjoy and yeah 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 and I think to be honest like it's really useful as a way of thinking about how you can enjoy things or like relate to things that are like bad (laughs) it's like understanding why you like something right Mm, yeah understanding why you like something and I think also um this is like one of my uh hot takes it's not very hot is that I actually I don't so I actually really enjoy Avatar The Last Airbender it's like Mm. in my opinion one of the best shows that I've seen although I did see some people on ML Twitter the other day saying that it was cynophobic so I'll have to investigate this (laughs) Oh, seeing his xenophobia. It's possible. But aside from that, if we can ignore that, it is an extremely well written show. Like all the things, all the themes that come up, or like the things it drops, all the ways that it's possible for the narrative to go in interesting ways, basically are dealt with. Like that actually just happens. And to me, that is kind of why. Like I just don't really read fan fiction. Or I'm not interested in it and I'm not that interested in like talking about it in that way either because to me like a lot of the reasons why fandom or fan fiction is so uh, interesting is because they would take things that were there um, as I say like germs that existed within the, the canon itself and just make it so much more interesting or like take it to like logical conclusions which we know that the actual canon would like never go because of like the profit motive and finding it's made by like unimaginative white men who like don't know what actual emotional development means in a text or in real life um and like take those things and um transform them in a way that both was more interesting and just seemed so much more like realistic or true to actual life than what would be in the actual show or the book or whatever i think yeah Something that I was thinking about a lot when we were talking just after you wrote your article was mm-hmm. that because I w- also went back through my old Tumblr, which I will never delete. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my, God, my Tumblr got deleted, RIP. Um, and I was just going back through some of the like tags that I used to have for fandoms that I was into, mm. and I just started thinking about how all of the the fan fiction that I read or like the fandoms that I was into, they were all about like community or like have like chosen family I guess is the trope yeah but 
yeah and like the way that you relate to people and like um not just the person that you eventually fall in love with in the story but the way that each person has their own like kind of set of friends and there's like community and understanding between them all yeah Um, I think that was like really appealing to me and I think that's so I still I still do read fan fiction but I haven't read anything new for quite a while Mm. even though like I guess I've had fandoms yeah um or like engaged with stuff yeah that could, fan fiction could be written about since and I think in some ways it's because of like growing up and when I was 16 and like I really wanted that community and that like intimacy with people and didn't really have and felt like I was kind of yeah yeah I felt I felt like I had this interior life that no one really understood which is probably compounded by spending a lot of time on the internet <laughs> Um, <laughs> but now I feel like I do have friends that understand me in a much in like a deep way yeah. and like I don't know maybe maybe that means I don't really need it anymore yeah in the same sense that I really needed to I really needed to feel like in like in life there are stories that like turn out okay yeah. or like yeah R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think like yeah we were talking about this earlier. I think I feel kind of similarly, similarly in that I still sometimes like read fan fiction. Sometimes I still read new fan fiction as well. Um, but just because I think you read a lot of books, I like don't read books. <laughs> I just only read fan fiction. Um, partly because it's kind of easy to read. Um, but also like the way I read it and na- the way I read it now is like very different from the way I would like mainline it before. <laughs> now I'm like oh casual like before bedtime let's like read a bit more of this like well when I was Hmm? when I was younger it was like compulsive like I couldn't stop yeah like now I'm like I'm just gonna read some like you know well-crafted narrative about um like exploring these people's relationship their different dynamics like I, I think I read it more as if I'm just like reading an easy to read book that is about things I'm interested in and it's the part of the reason why it's so easy and interesting to read is because I kind of am familiar with the world already it's like reading loads of nice sequels um Mm. whereas the way I would read it before (laughs) (laughs) um yeah when I was like I don't know a teenager not really having a good time at home (laughs) or in life in general (laughs) and there's something about like the most common tropes in fan fiction being like well the most common like kinds of things that are like hurt comfort or like <laughs> the thing about pairings or like different relationships is that exactly what you said that no matter like how like bad or like difficult and like a lot of these fan fictions are about like people having a really bad time but the <laughs> message within it is always that like at some point, like, no matter what, there will be at least, like, one person out there who, like, maybe has been there the whole time who actually, like, really cares about you, even if you don't know it. And they, like, somehow, like, it will work out. And obviously that's actually just not true in real life. (laughs) Um, When you said, like, that one person and maybe they've been there the whole time, I really felt something. (laughs) I know. friends to lovers (laughs) friends to lovers yeah or even like you know enemies to lovers but that enemy will be someone who's like you're obsessed with each other and you actually just notice (laughs) things about each other and you know and eventually you like develop a synergy 
um, or have some like big emotional conversation where everything is worked out and then like the whole world is brand new and this intense relationship suddenly becomes like I don't know beautiful anyway moving on <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah like the, the, the message is always that like no matter how like alone you might feel or how like bad everything seems you'll eventually have some kind of emotional resolution even if the situation mm. per se is like not resolved like you'll find peace love understanding even if not happiness some kind of satisfaction and contentment with yeah. other people or another person who like understand you um and obviously you know real life is not not so easy as that but now that you know i have friends and i don't live at home <laughs> anymore <laughs> life's real good and like i think as you said like the the both like growing within myself and like you know understanding more about my life and what's going on and also making mm. friends finding people who i could have like a really i think like honest and Mm. productive not productive like just good positive relationship with is you know i don't i don't need my drury anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and i think that's also something about like how no matter how badly you fuck up or like mm. there's always like that moment in well at least in all the fan fictions that i read where like something goes wrong or like there's a big misunderstanding or like one character yeah. does something to upset the other one yeah. and like it's all terrible and you think that you know it's like someone's not picking up their calls like blah 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 yeah. and then it resolves itself and like it always comes around and like there's always you're always given a chance to yeah. explain yourself or like um yeah to like find forgiveness or like to um resolve the misunderstanding yeah um, and that's like something that you're not really offered in life or like I think yeah and that that sense of like they find understanding of one another like there's always yeah. those like because a lot of the time in fan fiction you're seeing it from one person's perspective and they they're always speculating about what the other person's thinking oh they hate me or they're not, not interested in me blah 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 yeah. um and like I feel like you rarely get the chance in life to like actually find out whether what you think is true is true yeah. and like in this it's always like oh do you, don't you remember like that time that I gave you my like jumper I was like really like into you or whatever <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. it's just like you get like yeah. that ex- expl- explanation <coughs> that I think we all like crave yeah. like you know when you, even like in friendships it doesn't have to be romantic where like someone says something you're like oh like yeah what did they mean but like the moments pass and you can't ask about it because it will make you seem like really weird to be fixated yeah. on things <laughs> you get there's like closure or like yeah. even if like things are confusing and like don't make sense they eventually do just come to me either make sense or not matter and that's beautiful and also I think there's like <laughs> a way in which like the emotion really leads um like a lot of these fan fictions yeah. like you'd be like if you tried to describe the plot like it would be very <laughs> difficult <laughs> because the plot is the emotional plot or like the emotional arc or the journey um and, like, I think part of the reason yeah. why, again, I guess it's, like, really nice. It was really nice to read as someone who, like, went to school and was at home and didn't really do anything else. Is that, like, all the the emotions were intense. But, mm. like, they didn't have to be in, like, an intense setting or, like, plot. Like, it was 
very familiar. It was mm. as though like your normal life and your feelings about your life, which is quite mundane, are taken really seriously. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Like, and that's why there were so many like high school AUs or college AUs. Yeah. Wow, you really blew my mind with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the insight. <laughs> I think we all just want some care and attention. Either from, you know, yeah. the, the the other person in the pairing or just from the author. Yeah. That's nice. But yeah. Okay. So we already kind of uh, had this, you know, back in our top 10 fan fictions. But what is your top fan fiction? Oh, it's so hard. I'm actually on my bookmark on the archive <laughs> of our own right, right this second, right as we speak. Um, there's a lot. There's so many. Um, but I think like the one that to me like I think if I had to just read one over and over again it would be yeah. um So Wise We Grow which is a Star Trek yeah. um, fan fiction mm-hmm. um Star Trek was one of those fandoms that I was like so into <laughs> like I can't even I love Star Trek yeah um and I love Kirk Spock and it's the oldest ship it's the oldest <laughs> flash ship in the book um and I think it's beautiful yeah. um but this one is like it's like 80,000 words um and it's a kid fic, so that means that um, yeah. there's a random child that shows up that is apparently Spock's son. Um, and they have to learn to co-parent, like, um, Captain Kirk, like, offers to co-parent it with Spock. Yeah. Um, even though they're just friends and, like, they're not together. Yeah. And then slowly, over the course of this, like, 80,000-word fanfic, they learn to raise a child. They learn to mm. fall in love with each other. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, and I th- and there is there are like quite dark themes in it. Like there's like um, child abuse is like a, a theme, yeah. um, domestic violence and stuff. And like, but I think it's like dealt with like really beautifully. And I thought like sensitively. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing that I liked about it was that it's not all of the fan fictions that I read were like this, but it's like from both perspectives. So it's like got perspectives from Kirk and Spock, and then so you watch them each fall in love with the other one, mm. and then like um think that the other one is in love with them back and oh. it's just that like that like sweet sweet like <laughs> agony and yearning the miscommunication oh. exactly yeah um so I think that's probably my favorite like yeah well fair enough how about you I realized that I asked this question and then as you were answering it, I was desperately trying to think of what I was gonna say <laughs> because there are just so many um, what about a month of Sundays? It, you you always yeah. talk about that one. It is a classic. I've actually not reread it, Liz, because it is very. You read it because I sent it to you. It's very intense, yeah. like emotionally. Um, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's like a, also like it's like uh, NHL RPF <laughs> expose me, um, <laughs> but it's also just like I don't know about Perry. That I don't really didn't really read about it very much like there's not that much fake for it but I just found it to be so I don't even remember how long it is it's like quite long um it's like novel length um mm. but it's about Eric last name redacted because it is a real person <laughs> <laughs> um this guy who basically starts the what the fake like just thinking about how he has so much potential <laughs> and is a dis- disappointment in every way compared to his like 18 year old self who was drafted really high. 
but it's also kind of not about that um, because there's like a lockout and then he has to go back to his hometown with his family and it's just about how again like they have a lot of like there's a lot of discomfort in their family and like mm. miscommunication and people just making each other unhappy in quite actually like not very uh obvious or like really intense but like very emotionally deep ways <laughs> um mm. and just like I think going going home and like experiencing that and having like different revelations and thoughts about your whole life um, because of those new experiences that you have going back home after you've like left for a while um, and also precipitated by a beautiful love with a teammate who shall remain unnamed um, and I think also part of it is he's just like kind of really like emotionally like fucked up and part of the function of the other person uh, in this relationship is always just being like wow like don't you think that you deserve to be treated a bit better and he's like what I don't understand like what are you talking about <laughs> so that's very beautiful anyway um I would recommend it um but I'm also not going to say that much more about it because it is about real people <laughs> um yeah so uh, if you listened all the way through, thank congratulations. congratulations. It was very meandering and uh, some would say very niche <laughs> in terms of its interest. But that's the funny thing about it, though, because like as you said, like it was such a big part of our lives. Yeah. Like I, I find it so strange that like people are like yeah, I've never engaged with fan fiction. Yeah. Never, like yeah. I always like that was people. like all I did like in school after school yeah. at night in the morning <laughs> it was literally all I did for like years of my life I like did not have any hobbies it was like I went to school and then I logged on and then I did not log off until like 4am <laughs> mad we should do an episode of like talking about like the times that we tried to write fan fiction oh we absolutely should it- yeah Big respect to anyone who's actually managed to do it. Yeah, it's actually unbelievable. People were writing like I think the longest fan fiction I read was two hundred thousand words. That's an insane yeah like amount of words. That is like and it was like so well plotted. Like I just yeah, it's amazing for free, just in your spare time. Love it. Um, but anyway, um, thank you very much and hope thanks for listening. You enjoyed. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.